0: Do you remember falling asleep in science class? I sure do. I didn't actually really get into science until after I graduated high school. I fell asleep either because I didn't go to bed until 3am, or because I just wasn't interested. Nonetheless, I personally think science can withstand from being a little more compelling. I love listening to science podcasts, but sometimes I feel like I need to actively search for the definitions of terms on the internet while listening. Wouldn't it be a lot better to just have a conversation with a scientist who can explain in lay terms what they specialize in? My name is Luis Colabertolo, and I'm a graduate student at the University of Guelph, putting an E in effort in trying to get a PhD in food science. As a graduate student, we have a lot of information swimming around in our heads, and maybe even just a fraction of it is interesting. You're about to listen to a conversation I had with my friend, Leave Dadon, who is a graduate student in Massachusetts. Leave and I have known each other for a while, and we have worked on school projects together, too. In fact, for one assignment, we created a sprayable cheese product in a can which was extra delicious and, more importantly, extra nutritious. Leave and I are going to have a half-hour conversation about a topic that might be considered a little taboo. So, content warning, we are going to talk about feces. We all do it. But who knew number two was such a complex topic? Leave is going to tell us all about how different colors may indicate health problems, how we can help our bodies be more efficient, and she'll also touch on manure as a fertilizer. This may not have been the kind of content you expected to listen to today, but rest assured this conversation is chuck full of good science, and fun fecal facts that may impact your next trip to the throne. Now keep in mind, we are not experts. We don't know everything. So that's why you're listening to We Know Some Stuff. The scientists of tomorrow talking today. Hi, Leave. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great. How are you doing, Louis?
0: I am super excited to talk with you today, Leave, because we have a sticky situation that we are going to discuss Could you tell us a little bit about your educational background?
1: Absolutely. So I have a long and diverse educational background. I started doing my undergrad in physics and chemistry. I looked at magnets and at band gap engineering for um, photocatalysis. Then I went to grad school and did my master's in materials science working in complex oxide thin films and worked for a few years on that um, before making the switch to something completely different in food science where i now am getting my phd at
0: umass amherst wow i understood Mm, i'm going to say like 10 percent of what you just said
1: fine me too
0: like when you explain it to your relatives and your cousins or everything like How much do they really get out of that?
1: Less in the uh, material science, more now that I'm in food science. They have a lot of questions.
0: Definitely a lot more tangible of a study. But you know what? We're actually not going to so much talk about food going into your body today. Oh, no. We're going to talk about food coming out of your body today.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: We are so excited that this show is going to be all about feces
1: it is i i study feces we i love talking about poop poop is so endlessly fascinating and a little bit gross but fantastically interesting
0: and honestly there's so much to talk about it we could probably fill hours and hours of radio programming just talking about stool and excrement but Uh, Today, unfortunately, we can only talk about it for 30 minutes.
1: We'll have to get down to some interesting fecal facts.
0: Yes, fecal facts and dirty business coming your way. So start us off with uh, one of your favorite poop facts.
1: Um, poop facts. Well, poop is brown because of the bile pigments that are secreted into the gut and give poop its characteristic brown color but poop can also have quite a few different colors which all indicate different things usually it has to do with bile but sometimes it can be just things you're eating um so if you're you know dropping the kids off at the pool and it's a strange and unusual color you should uh you should pay attention to that because your body's trying to tell you something.
0: So that's super interesting. Your your feces is kind of like an alarm system going on in your body. It's giving you a little bit of clues what's going on. Now, earlier you said bile. Now, bile, uh, to be understood, is kind of the liquid that's found in your liver. What does bile do in the body?
1: Um, so bile helps us absorb fats and break down fats in our digestive tract so it's very important for making sure that we get nutrition but sometimes you can have too much or not enough or you can even have an obstruction in the tubes that uh, deliver bile from your liver into wherever else in the body it needs to go all of those things are bad and all of those things (laughs) will make you have uh, different colors of feces
0: Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, is it, is it like the uh, Joseph and the Technicolor dream code Like it was red <laughs> and yellow and like that kind of thing? Um,
1: it can be. It can it can have a range. You can have kind of a gre- greenish tinge if you have too much bile. Typically, this will also be accompanied by very foul smelling diarrhea. So, yes, perhaps it won't be, you know, like grass green, but you'll know, you'll know.
0: You'll have a good idea. Oh, yes.
1: You will absolutely know. If you have, like, gray or white feces, um, this can be indicative of not enough bile or a biliary obstruction, which is where the bile ducts or the tubes that transport your bile are clogged. So there's just no bile getting through the tubes, and there's no pigment in your poop. So it's going to look gray or kind of whitish. And... That's also very, very noticeable. You should really check after you, after you, you know, go to the bathroom. It's always good.
0: Just give a curiosity peek, just like a once over, a double take, if you want. Yeah,
1: just, you know, spend a little bit, you know, glance at it, see what's up.
0: Now, do you happen to know what kind of things would cause your your ducts to like clog up like that? What, what kind of things that we would do, like what we're eating or how we're uh, behaving in our lives affect that kind of thing? There
1: are a lot of different ways that you can get um, an obstruction in your bile ducts. I'm not terribly informed on all of the different ways, but a lot of it is disease. And some of it, I believe, is also diet, I'm not an expert on that aspect of the digestive system, but I can tell you that the green feces can sometimes be caused by eating um, anise, anise oil. So sometimes licorice.
0: Oh, oh, like uh, fennel. Yeah, fennel, fennel like licorice, the the. Finuc.
1: Yeah, anise, anise.
0: It has a lot of names doesn't it it's it? Does. a surprising amount of names for one vegetable
1: it does so if you eat a lot of licorice you may you may have green stool
0: is this something that i should like shoot for
1: no no that it okay. is no. i mean if you really want to like aim for multicolored um, poop you can go and eat like beets so if you eat beets oh. typically um, not only will you um, have pink urine but if you eat a sufficient amount, you can have like bla- valentine pink feces as well. But you have to eat a lot of beets. No.
0: Like, uh, we're talking like a lot though. We're
1: talking a lot. We're talking like lunch and
0: dinner. Just jam-packing your diet filled with Just beets. lots
1: of beets. But if you're not eating beets and you have pink or violet stool, that can be an indication that you may have porphyria which is pretty rare. What's that? So porphyria is where the body produces excess porphyrins hence porphyria, which are porphyrins are a component of hemoglobin that helps distribute oxygen around your body in um, red blood cells. So it can be an indicator. Porphyria is not terribly common. Usually it's beets or you're eating something that has artificial dyes in it. So pink is a pink is an acceptable color if you're eating a lot of beets or red food also you can have blue if you're eating a lot of blue dye and personally I don't metabolize green dye very well so if I eat oh you don't I don't so around St. Patrick's Day with all of the like green sugar cookies (laughs) things come out green for me just it's very exciting it's very festive.
0: They they do the green beer in the bars, and you just know that, or the day after, you know that you are, you're not in for a surprise. No, uh,
1: it was a surprise the first time it happened, after I had green beer and then had green pee. Um, that, mm. I thought I was dying, but I was not. <laughs> I just had a green beer, and that's enough
0: just one that's one just one and your body is like all right all of this green is not getting absorbed we are just it's just flush
1: yep out. it was it was faintly green
0: i uh but so you were green for a week
1: for a couple of days yeah
0: yeah Oh, that's something else i know that when i'll buy asparagus when it's on sale yeah i can expect that i'm gonna have like a week worth of um a distinct aroma
1: oh yes that lovely lovely smell
0: yeah and that's actually i believe the amino acids breaking down from the asparagus so that's like the protein components sort of breaking down and you know, there's not like a lot of protein in asparagus, but there's still enough that when it breaks down, it's um it's asparagic acid. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm wondering where we get that name from asparagic acid, asparagus. Mm-hmm. Uh that breaks down and it has a smell.
1: Does it ever it is?
0: So this paint by numbers adventure of stool coloring. Yes. Um it's it's really useful and Doctor use it a lot. yes they
1: they do so one of the classic examples is if you have black or red stool that is usually indicative of bleeding it's somewhere in your gi tract so if it's black you're bleeding the bleeding is occurring further up so closer to your stomach because the blood is being broken down and oxidized in as like in your gut as the um food undigested partially digested as all of the you know that fecal matter is passing through your guts and if it's bright red that is more indicative of a bleed lower down so if you see black or red if you see any signs of blood in your stool immediately talk to your doctor that Mm. is indicative of a huge range of things from um like hemorrhoids to even like some forms of colorectal cancer. So just talk to your doctor if you think that your stool is not the right color, especially if it's black or red.
0: I have actually experienced black stool before, but I found out through a little experimentation because I had not had this conversation with you, so I didn't realize I should have called the doctor, but I had experienced black stool because I was eating a lot of super dark cocoa powder. Yes. Yeah, that will, I used to buy it in bulk and <laughs> mix it into like yogurt or something. Um, and it was like jet black. We are talking like midnight.
1: Wow. That's, uh,
0: but then I, I didn't eat it for a week and it went away and then I, you know, I ate the next week and it came back. So I, I was able to self-diagnose. Yeah.
1: So sometimes, um, Usually, changes in the color of your stool can be due to changes of diet, but in the absence of dietary changes, if you see a change in color, that's not good. That's usually call the doctor. not good. Yeah. Just if something's wrong with your guts and, you know, what's coming out of you, call the doctor. If it doesn't feel right, probably not.
0: Probably not right. You know, this is the most beautiful, you're, you're really painting a beautiful picture of a rainbow of colors right now, absolutely, and, and, and I'm absolutely fascinated by all of it, but beyond the colors, what else can you tell us about feces? So
1: not only are the colors important, but the texture, volume, all of that, whether it floats, sinks, all of that is very important. So much so that there's a um, chart called the Bristol stool oh. scale which helps you determine shape, density, how easy it is to pass your stools um, and kind of gives a rubric for grading your stool so that it's easier to describe your feces.
0: Now here's a business idea and you are allowed to reject this if you don't like it. But what if we made like a catchy, like eye popping infographic as like bathroom art?
1: Yeah, you, you could. Um, some of the Bristol sc- stool scale, oh, say that five times fast, Bristol stool scale, like charts have very nice mm-hmm. euphemistic, like this definitely is not a turd art to them because they have, they have like images so that it's easy to pick out, you know, do you have like little funny turds or are you having diarrhea? It kind of spans that range. So it's a little like,
0: Oh, this covers Word a art. lot of different yes. things. Yes, it
1: does. Oh, it okay. covers, let me pull it up. It covers um, type from type 1, which is separate hard lumps or severe constipation, okay. to type 7, Yikes. which is liquid consistency with no solid pieces or severe diarrhea. Oh.
0: Oh, wow. So, so there's, there's an entire spectrum of this. We got, we got like a whole range. You could be a hard one or a soft seven technique, a liquid seven, I guess would be the term.
1: You could be, ideally you want to be in the middle, which is like a a well-formed turd that is, is Mm. easy to pass. But depending on, you know, how you're doing, how much water you've had, how much fiber you've had and all kinds of other things, your, your your poop can change consistency, color, yeah. regularity. It's dynamic.
0: So I know fiber, fiber is like so important. Do you have any facts about fiber and what that does for us? Everyone says like, oh, fiber is the most important thing. You need a bran muffin in the morning. What, it what, why? What's fiber doing?
1: Well, I actually study um, how very, very specific class of fiber technically fiber, um, is broken down and used by the microbes that live in your gut. So not only is fiber important for keeping you regular, giving you bulk to your stool and helping you have, you know, nice hefty poops. Um, but fiber is also important because the Fiber that is not absorbed by the body feeds the microbes that live in your intestine and keeps them happy. And it can also help select for which types of bugs are going to live there. So certain bugs will only eat certain types of fibers and certain fibers can only be eaten by certain types of bacteria.
0: So you said the word bugs, but I want to put out on the yeah. radio that you don't have necessarily like spiders living up there. Could you yeah. really just quickly define bugs for us?
1: So by bugs, I mean bacteria. I don't mean like mosquitoes, ants, ladybugs, <laughs> oh grasshoppers.
0: That would be terrible.
1: That would be awful. I mean bacteria.
0: Okay, great. So so what are these bacteria doing for us? Like why do we care that they're in our body?
1: So, we care because a whole host of reasons. We care because they break down things that the body can't break down such as fiber like cellulose. We can't really break that down very well, but the microbes really great at breaking that down. And what they can do is turn those indigestible components into bioavailable end products of metabolism. So they can turn something that the body can't use into something that the body can use that can be very, very good for us. Like a lot of the short chain fatty acids can be absorbed by the body and have a lot of beneficial effects like anti-inflammatory they can help with um, development in infants like development of the immune system develop brain development um, and not only do they help us with those sorts of things but they can help make neurotransmitters i don't know if you're familiar with the brain gut axis
0: no do tell. it's
1: a bit of a hot topic right now so neurotransmitters like gabapentin, which is an inhibitory neurotransmitter, which helps um, with anxiety and pain, mm-hmm. can be produced by the bacteria in your gut. And that when they produce the gabapentin, they will secrete it, and then it can be absorbed through your intestinal lining and distributed around the body in the bloodstream.
0: So this is kind of like a healthy gut, healthy mind kind of situation?
1: That is... The general gist of it, it's still very new. We're still Mm. figuring it out um, exactly what's going on and what types of links there may be. Making any broad claims about the microbiome is very Mm. difficult because everyone's microbiome is different. Everyone has a different amount of bacteria, different types of bacteria in their gut. They're saying, well, if you have this specific bacteria, you might be depressed you might have low serotonin It's very hard we can't do that yet but we think that there is some connection between the composition of your gut microbiome and your general you know mental health your amount of neurotransmitters and kind of all sorts of other things that have to do with mood and potentially pain perception
0: That is fascinating.
1: I am comfortable saying that if you eat your bran, if you get your fiber, you're going to feel better. Okay. Physically, you're going to just feel better because you're going to have bulkier stools. So you're going to be at a lower, um, you know, potential to have digestive disorders potentially. Um, It's going to give you more um, of those end products. It's also going to support the microbes in your gut and help you maintain a healthy gut. But most of all, being regular really makes you feel good.
0: Yikes. I, I completely understand that. So, you know, if we want to increase the fiber in our diets, there's a lot of, you know, over-the-counter products that promise that kind of thing. But then there's a lot of stuff you don't have to buy a special product. Um, brand is definitely a big one. We talk about bran muffins, bran flakes, bran sticks.
1: All kinds of bran, but even just leafy greens. Just eat your veg, eat your fruit, you know, even like whole grain, whole meal products like bread and brown rice. Mm. Really eating more vegetables, eating more fruits, those are very high in fiber. And even specific fruits and vegetables are extra high in fiber. But really, just eat a varied diet. Don't only eat bran flakes because oh. you will feel bad for many other reasons. <laughs> Even though you're getting lots of fiber, you will not get necessary other dietary ah, components.
0: See. So there is a delicate balance. We don't want to be chugging you know, fiber all day or, you know, I've seen people do that thing where they mix like psyllium husk, yes. which is like this husk of a grain, yep. and it turns into the, like this gelatinous blob. Mm-hmm. And people like convince themselves like, oh, it's delicious. If you drink it really fast, you mix it with fruit juice, and you, you know, knock yourself out before you try to drink it.
1: Yes, I have seen that. I personally have never had the delight of drinking it <laughs> a psyllium husk beverage.
0: I think it's more of a solid by the time that you're, it, you get to it. It just
1: kind of looks <laughs> like the like ectoplasm.
0: Oh yeah, there you go. That's a that's a
1: yeah. It's kind of like gooey. Yeah, it's
0: very sci-fi '80s kind of feel. It
1: looks like something that you'd see like in a movie. Mm. You can actually get too much fiber. Oh, if you're getting, you know, if you if you're throwing your diet way out of whack, you're gonna have either you know some disturb you disruption in your gut it's gonna be great not great not gonna be great um so really just have more fiber don't go crazy on the brand flakes unless you really like brand flakes and you know you can kind of feel it out for yourself you'll know but of course eat more fiber don't don't go nuts fruits and vegetables are great you know, it's, it's the same thing. You know, everyone tells their kids, everyone learns from the the food pyramid or now it's a different chart from when I learned the food pyramid, but whatever food chart you subscribe to no one is going to tell you eat fewer vegetables ah,
0: good point so i uh i want to do something that i think is incredibly important i want to for you and i to relieve us of any legal burden right now by saying we are not doctors we
1: absolutely not can
0: only make recommendations based on what we've read and what we've studied if you are seriously making a change in your diet we suggest you consult your physician prior to making substantial changes
1: yes you should not change your lifestyle significantly unless your doctor tells you to yes but looking at the chart in general we can say probably not getting as much fiber as you could
0: Mm, yeah everyone could use just a little bit more fiber in their lives
1: Everyone could use a little more fiber. Everyone could probably stand to eat a few more fruits and veg, mm-hmm. drink your water, yeah. stay hydrated. Just be healthy.
0: so so it's talking about healthy. you know, I, I believe that uh, poop is really a gift that keeps on giving. You know you, you eat food. It is. You digest the food, you leave a present behind, but then that present, in some cases can actually be used. Um, in other places in the world like let's think about cows we use cow fertilizer cow manure in order to grow vegetables where's the connection in that
1: um so there are a lot of extra goodies in um, in your feces they contain a lot of undigested um, bits of fiber a lot of waste products a lot of water um, and a lot of that can actually nourish plants and support healthy plant growth. There's a lot of, um, I believe it's nitrogenous compounds, mm. so nitrogen-containing uh, compounds in your poop. But the reason why we use cow and other animal feces, not our own, so don't go out, you know, pinch a loaf in your flower bed. That's,
0: squatting down in the azaleas.
1: That's a little strange, but it's also risky because if you are sick and you have any parasites or any you know viruses or bacterial infections or just you're just generally sick if you use your own poop or any sick person's poop on a plant that you're going to eat that poop contains pathogens that are going to infect other humans so cow uh, manure it is generally safer because those pathogens are less directly translatable to humans. So mm. hen used um, human feces, it's called night soil, but it needs to be processed to be rendered safer.
0: Okay, tell tell us everything you know about night soil. Is that what you said, night soil?
1: Night soil, okay. yes. So in a lot of the world, um, especially in ye olden times, people would use the contents of their you know chamber pots their outhouses Mm -hmm. what have you to directly apply it to their fields because it's fertilizer it's free you know everybody poops
0: everybody poops
1: but this you know leads to a lot of spread of disease because if someone who is pooping is sick and shedding bacteria or parasites or parasite eggs in their poop, and then you put that on the field of lovely, I don't know, say tomatoes that you're going to eat, those pathogens, those parasites, can then go from your feces into your mouth. That's the fecal-oral route where you have something bad in your poop, and then you put it in your mouth and make you or other people sick. So we try to avoid using raw sewage um on plants because it's just not safe and okay. we have a lot of cow manure because there are a lot of cows in the world it's mm-hmm. pretty readily available if it, you really need to fertilize your plants and you really really can't get anything don't don't use your feces don't do they, it. they need to be they need to be processed. They need to be rendered safe. It's not a good idea to just try and make your own fertilizer. Have a have a compost bucket or something. Use your food scraps to make compost.
0: Yeah, we, we have a lot of composting over here in Guelph. In fact, it's really popular. Uh, all of uh, the homes are equipped with like compost barrels and everything. Um, and there's a pickup weekly uh, that's paid by our taxes and everything. So pretty much everyone composts over here. But... And I think this is another thing that we need to say very clearly over the air. Please don't go, number two, into the compost bin.
1: Yes. Please do not, you know, deposit your feces where feces should not go.
0: So then uh, to just clarify and kind of summarize, uh, the, the cow, when they process their, you know, feces, when they get their all already, it's different than ours. Um, and this is probably due to maybe their diet, their digestive system. Why is their feces so different than mine?
1: Well, they have different digestive system. Most uh, commonly or famously, we know that they have multiple stomachs. Ah. So, and they eat lots of grass and mm-hmm. vegetal matter. And most of us don't eat a diet that's only grass because mm. we can't break down cellulose. That would be difficult for us to get a lot of nutrients from. Um, But you're not taking raw cow patties and throwing them on your your garden, usually. No, well, you can, but it's not not as effective as if you, you know, you compost it, you allow that fiber, all of that um, unprocessed waste material to break down into more accessible nutrients and it really helps with the the poop stench it doesn't smell it's not um as clumpy it's you know not liquidy it kind of you break it down you can add some other material into your compost doesn't have to be straight manure it just makes it easier to work with
0: okay so so this this breaking down of the compost this all circles back into this beautiful poop cycle of that bacteria that we were talking about earlier in your system so it's beautiful how poop connects us all
1: it does it does not only are the bacteria inside of you but they come out in your poop they're in your poop
0: i'm just blown away by how wonderful this conversation was do you have any closing thoughts that you want to mention
1: um poop is great. We should talk more about poop because everybody, everybody and poops, and it's just so cool. It's so cool. And, you know, as things like probiotics and other like fermented foods that have bacteria in them are becoming more popular. Hopefully people will be a little more, you know, le- or a little less hesitant to talk about their poop. Everyone should be worrying about their own gut health and, you know, the gut health of your loved ones.
0: That's beautiful. That is really the the, the take home message of the day, everyone. Okay. Ask your loved ones.
1: You eaten <laughs> enough fiber? You want some bran flakes?
0: It's right. <laughs> it's five p.m. Has your kid had enough fiber today? <laughs> I can imagine boards little... boards with that you know? alright well unfortunately that or fortunately I guess depending on whoever's listening that is all the time that we have to talk about poop today so I want to thank you so very much Lee, uh, for talking with us today and uh, maybe we can have a poop round two or dare I say a number two in the future
1: well thank you so much for having me Lewis it was great to talk poop with you I would be Very happy to have, you know, more fecal fun facts in the future. There's, you can talk forever about poop.
0: Okay, that's enough. We need to stop. We need to, we need to finish this. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you.